Soteriology, the subject of salvation. How can we be made right with God? As a fallen creation, well, first we need to establish what salvation is, how can it be obtained, and what effect does it have for those that are purely in it. In this episode of Sit Down and Listen, you're going to be joined by me, Marlon Acuna. We will be looking at salvation, the doctrine of soteriology, but a specific aspect of this doctrine that has caused a lot of controversy throughout the years, and specifically the history of the Christian church. We'll be talking about regeneration and its effect on the believer. When does it occur? How can we know that it has taken place? And is it a good work? Are we saved by our work? And how does obedience have anything to do with this act that is initiated by God, sustained by Him, and for His glory and His glory alone? This is Sit Down and Listen. You know, when we talk about the doctrine of regeneration, we need to understand that man in his natural state, humanity in their uh, primary state after the fall, after that episode in the Genesis account where we find Adam and Eve, this creation, the most prized creation by God, we find them dead in their sins and trespasses. We find all throughout the Old Testament, for example, the Psalms and even the prophets such as Job, the story of Job and many other writings and portions of the Old Testament that no one is good, no, not one, no one seeks after God. There is a universal categorical negative that follows this fallen humanity as we need to understand that without God and with sin being the full dominating factor in our lives, we are far from him and alienated from commonwealth and complete communion with him. Uh, we are dead in our sins and trespasses in our natural state, but until we are made alive a, or regenerated by Christ, this happens when we place faith in him. And how do we understand that? Well, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 tells us that we are dead, meaning that we are lifeless, meaning that there is no breath, there is no ability, there is no opportunity in us to respond to God, to be obedient to God's commands, to his statues, to be able to follow and live a life of power and redemption because we are dead. In the Gospels, we find this example that Jesus is particularly keen of and aware of as we know the resurrection of Lazarus. Jesus says, let us go because our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. No, he was truly dead, but he was saying that under his redemptive power, under his miraculous self, who he was, Jesus, the authority that he had, he was the resurrection and the life he still is. But in that miracle, Lazarus is not a man who is just in a coma. Lazarus is not a man who still has some semblance of a heartbeat or some semblance of life in him, yet he is a man, no, the exact opposite, a man that was dead. A man that had no life in him. There was no breath of life. It had left him. Death had conquered in Lazarus' life. And now Christ is going to perform the miracle of bringing a dead man with a carcass that was already, that was already smelling after several days of being in this tomb to life. 
This is exactly the same spiritual truth that needs to become a reality and has become a reality in those that have been born again. Those that have been regenerated from spiritual death unto spiritual life. Those that have been brought out of their sin, which makes them slaves. Jesus says those who commit sin are slaves of sin. They are unable to hear the voice of God. They are unable to be obedient to his word. They do not want to follow his statutes. Romans chapter 1 clearly says that the world is an active, ongoing suppression of God's truth. After regeneration, which needs to be a radical change, we begin to see, the believer will begin to see and hear and seek after the divine things. Many um, have told me, as I have been in conversation with them, that they followed or they pursued God out of their own desires, that it was something that they always had stirring within them. But I quickly go to the scriptures and I would just nudge them in this direction that it is God himself through the power, the redeeming power of the Holy Spirit, the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit has quickened them to salvation. After we are regenerate, we begin to seek and we begin to see the divine things. We begin to live a life of faith and of holiness. Without that regeneration, guys, without that initiating rebirth in power, we cannot be transformed. We are not given new hearts. And now, after that has taken place, we become partakers of what the New Testament calls the divine nature of Christ. Having been made new creatures, we know this scripture that the Apostle Paul is inspired by the Holy Spirit to write that after Christ, after this change has taken place, we are new creatures. We are born again. The old has passed and now everything is new. We are new. It is a rebirth. It is a new beginning. That is the promise that the gospel offers to those who put their faith and trust in Christ himself. God, not man, is the source of this transformation. There is no opportunity to boast. There's no opportunity to say, I have been the one who has supplied my own salvation. I have been the one who has even supplied the effects and the possibility to be saved. No, the rebirth, the regeneration is a work of the divine spirit of God. Initially, it is the divine spirit. It continues to be through the preservation and the perseverance and act of the spirit of God. And it will be at the end of the final analysis of full redemptive work because he who began the good work will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Regeneration is necessary. Ephesians chapter 2, a little bit after, a little bit lower in that same chapter, verse 8, we read, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. It is a free gift of God. A gift, that which cannot be bought, that which cannot be uh, traded for, that which cannot be negotiated. God initially and sovereignly controls this regeneration. It is impossible Beloved, to be able to obey, to be able to say that I have obeyed and I have come to a discipleship, an active discipleship in Christ, if we have not been first experienced this regenerating power. It is impossible to say that we have good works, that we are like those that James calls those, I will show you my faith by my works, if that regenerating power of the Holy Spirit has not taken place. 
Mind you, let's be careful because there are many people in the world, those that are part of this system of sinfulness and wickedness that do good works, but they do them because they believe that this is how they will earn their own salvation. This is they believe their way to escape the eternal torment. Their own conscience bears witness of the fact that they desperately need to do good to reconcile the true nature that is in them. What the Bible teaches that they are sons of depravity and of darkness. Regeneration is necessary. Sinful human flesh cannot stand in God's presence. God's presence is holy. God is a holy, holy, holy God. God is a just God. And this is the reason why we hear all the prophets, including Moses, we hear all the prophets from Isaiah to Jeremiah to Ezekiel, starting in the New Testament with a prophet great in power, probably the greatest, as Jesus says, John the Baptist, who kept on preaching the same thing, repent and believe, turn back to God, and he will heal your hearts. He will heal your land. John the Baptist was giving a baptism of repentance because he knew that Christ was be was to be the one who would be the lamb who takes the sin of the world and it is this holy spirit who is later sent by in the triune god god the father and god the son jesus christ to come to convince the world of sin of righteousness and of judgment he as jesus said in the gospel of john would lead us the believer and speaking in that original context to the disciples and the early church he would lead them he has led them he will lead and he will do everything to take us to the truth of god he is the spirit of truth and now we see that Jesus, for example, we see this common example, but it's such a powerful and important one. In John chapter 3, that conversation that Jesus the rabbi has with Nicodemus in John 3, verses 3 and 7, Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, amen, amen, verily, verily, in the King James Version, I say to you, unless one is born again, or in another more uh more acute Greek translation, a way of, of also determining that how we can translate that Greek is born from above. We need to be born from above in order to do anything that pleases God. Do we not understand that in order to do anything that can bring pleasure to God, in order for us to live any life worth holiness, worth living in faith and hope and in love, we must be born again. We must be born from above. We cannot be born out of our own ambitions and selfish desires. We must be those that have witnessed, that have experienced the transformative power of the Holy Ghost. Unless one is born again, Jesus says in this third chapter of John, one cannot even see the kingdom of God. So never mind entering it, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot even see the kingdom of God because our hearts are so darkened. Our consciences are so seared. The Holy Spirit needs to take that heart of flesh and he needs to implant that and take away that heart of stone and he needs to give us new eyes. He needs to give us a new mouth. He needs to give us new ears. He needs to completely rebirth and completely regenerate 
everything that has been taking and has been completely damaging that which God originally created. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14, regeneration is part of what God does for us in the moment of salvation along with sealing. Regeneration is a process that nobody can really pinpoint. The moment that we come to faith in Christ, though many people can remember that moment, but the Holy Spirit has been working in our lives way before that, regenerating us, quickening us, convincing us of the sin that is on us that we need to bear and that we need to deal with, convincing us of the judgment that is to come convincing us of the righteousness that only Jesus Christ can give. We are also adopted at the moment of salvation. Galatians chapter 4, uh, verse 5. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that He might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. But we also have reconciliation according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. Now all these things are from God. All of these things are from God. Not my obedience. The obedience doesn't come because I am good enough to be obedient. The obedience doesn't come because I'm able to be obedient. All these things come from the one who puts the desire and who puts the doing. All these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Beloved, we are not called to be those who merely criticize and judge and bring condemnation solely, but we can allow the Bible to speak as we know that sin leads to condemnation and an eternal torment, but we are also those who need to provide an evangelium, a good news that Christ came to save wicked sinners and to give them peace with God. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed us to the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. Regeneration is God's making a person spiritually alive as a result of faith in Jesus. Prior to salvation, we were not God's children. And that, the Gospel of John, makes it quite clear in John chapter 1, verses 12 through 13, that we were children of the darkness, that we were away, alienated from God. Rather, we were children of wrath. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3 makes that very quite clear. You hear the moniker, you hear the, 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 the classic Christian slogan all the time, God loves the sinner. God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. Biblically speaking, God hates the sinner. But although he has that just wrath towards the sinner, he has allowed and it has been his good pleasure to send Christ to die for those who would put their faith and trust in him. Let's not try to separate the sin from the sinner. It is at our very core, beloved. We are sinners at our very core. It is the nature that dominates those who are of the world and not in Christ. Before salvation, we were degenerate. After salvation, we are regenerate. The result of regeneration is as Romans chapter 5, verse 1 tells us, peace with God. There's new life, Titus chapter 3, verse 5, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. There is eternal sonship through the Lord Jesus Christ. Regeneration begins the process of sanctification, the process of being conformed day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, second by second to the image 
of Christ, of the perfect man, where we become the people that God intended us to be since the beginning. The only means of regeneration, beloved, it is the finished work on the cross of Jesus Christ. And if you don't know that Jesus, if you haven't heard about him, or if you have, but you have only heard about the painted picture of a Jesus that is just a religious cartoon, or a Jesus that is just somebody to make you feel better, that is not the Jesus that is given to us in the New Testament. The Jesus of the New Testament said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except by me. He said, I am the true vine. Whoever is not in me will not bear fruit. By works, by the works of the law, no human will be justified in God's sight. Romans 3 verse 20. Only Christ can give us this complete cure from what we can call total depravity. Only Christ can give us exactly what we need. Only God can make man in its full felicity happy and complete and full. The Bible is clear. It's not suggesting it's not a suggestion to us. It is a demand. It is an ultimatum. Repent and be baptized, all of you. Or if you do not decide to put your faith in Christ, if you cannot make that, if you do not have that conviction, then the only thing that awaits is eternal separation from God. This is Sit Down and Listen.